the antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. Southern in your side 
You've got the antidote with Dave Hawkins. That was Petriker. <laughs> and that's a word I've never used in conversation. So I had to go to the net to find out what it is. Wikipedia says it's the earthly scent produced when rain falls on dry soil. The word is less typical, and so is the music and lyrics of tonight's guest, Joshua Powell and the Great Train Robbery. And we happen to meet after a summer rain for this talk. So there couldn't have been a more appropriate song to open this edition of The Antidote. Joshua and the band crafts a literate brand of psychedelic indie rock folk that they describe as being both socially conscious and spiritually turbulent. It was great having Joshua and the band come to The Antidote for a conversation about how literature, life, and faith influence their music. Enjoy this first part of our talk and the song, The Farmer and the Viper. Joshua Powell of Joshua Powell and the Great Train Robbery, plus all of the other band members, have come for a talk with The Antidote. Guys, thanks for coming on such short notice. Thanks for having us, man. It's a treat to be here. It's good to be here. Oh, yeah. The Joshua Powell part of the band name, that's one that's pretty easy to figure out. That's my but mom's doing. Yeah. Is that your mom's doing? Yeah. Was it also your mom's doing about the Great Train Robbery? Uh, no, that was from Wikipedia when we looked up uh, Western movies, trying to come up with a folk-sounding band name, so... Western movies. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so we're not talking about the British Great Train Robbery. I don't even know about the British one. I know oh, about the Great the Mail Train Robbery in the 1960s. There's also a 1903 black and white talkie. The first narrative film was uh, was called the Great Train Robbery. Okay, so there's just way too many references. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's, it wasn't like uh, Joshua Powell and the somethings. It felt more, you know, eventful. <laughs> That means you're not actually robbing trains to make up for the lack of money being in a band? We're fairly ethical people. <laughs> we just can't admit <laughs> robbing any trains. Yeah. <laughs> you got to give us the beginnings. When and how did the band begin? Um, I was in college when I started this with a completely different group of people. And for years when I was heavily touring, uh, we just would have a hired gun sort of deal. We'd say, oh, I'm going out for four months and... Uh, who can come, you know? A hired gun for the great train robberies. Yeah. <laughs> really an anti-fighting kind of band. <laughs> All those illusions are totally accidental. Uh, Adam was in the college that I went to, and um, I was teaching a class there on touring. He was booking a tour for a band he was in, and then I was like, hey, do you want to join my band instead? Um, that was pretty great. I don't know, the other guys should tell you how they got involved. My history with Joshua actually also goes back to college when he played my fraternity's kitchen. I went to DePaul in Greencastle, and Joshua's band played there, so I kind of had that weird roundabout connection. Um, but he also went to Anderson with uh, a friend of mine, Cyrus Jungman, who I've played in another band with for quite some time. So I've kind of known him through that and have had a lot of connections back to Anderson. So yeah, and then it came about that he needed a drummer, and I was like, hey, I will be your drummer. <laughs> and there was there was a very rigorous uh, interview process. There was supposed to be, man. There was, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, mental acuity and a lot of physical tasks that I had to pass. So basically, you were able to pick up the kit and put it into a van, so you're in. Yeah, yeah, more or less. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's how Adam got in initially. I said, I don't have room for an electric guitar player. He said, What yeah, if I prove to you there's room in the van? And I was like, Okay, whatever. And he totally did. And I was like, well, I guess welcome to the band. <laughs> uh. My path to the band is a little more complex <laughs> <laughs> and arduous. Uh, so I 
through a string of people found Joshua's music. Um, got his album from a producer who was in Indiana that I was recording with, who went to college with Joshua. Uh, he gave me his music. It was his very first album. I listened to it on my drive back uh, back home after that recording session. Fell in love with it. Loved the music. Um, followed his band on you know on Facebook and social media and stuff. Uh, probably for about a year. And it was the band that like nobody else knew that I would just like show people and like throw on like you have to listen to this hardcore breakdown in the middle of this folk song and and so that went on for about a year and then I decided to find him on Facebook and message him and say hey uh, I noticed you don't have a keyboard player uh, <laughs> I just have uh, I can I yeah it was like I will I will be your keyboard player and instead of the response that Colin got I got a uh, no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And so that kind of actually continued for probably like two or three years, um, but we sort of built a friendship around music. Um, I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan. When his band was up touring through Michigan, they crashed at our place, and um, I continued to play music with the band up there. When we were down in Indianapolis, we'd crash at his place, we shared some bills together, went on some tours, and just kind of kept in touch, and there was always this looming, like, begging question of me, like, saying, how about now? Uh, you know, do you need a keyboard player now? And... Uh, it wasn't until this last summer in 2017 that uh, Joshua gave me a call and just said, hey, uh, with this new record, we're going to be adding a lot of trippy psychedelic sounds and layers, and uh, we need a keyboard player. And I said, absolutely. You were such a suck-up. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, but it, but it worked. Here it we are. It was endearing. It was endearing. <laughs> last but not least. Yeah, so uh, I went to college in Anderson uh, with Joshua and Adam as yeah. well. Yeah, Adam and I have, have played in multiple bands and different shows since we really knew each other. And uh, Joshua and I were, were acquaintances in college, but there was a couple years difference, so uh, we didn't really grow a, a proper friendship at the time. But it was really a, a strike of fate that kind of brought us together uh, last year. I was doing the corporate gig kind of thing, uh, offered a chance to start up the tech department of a company, and decided to walk away from that and pursue music full-time. In the day that I turned in my two weeks notice, uh, I just happened to open up Facebook and Joshua had a post saying, hey, we're looking for bass players for like this permanent position. Uh, just talk to me if you're interested. So I shot him a message and let him know the situation. Sounds like everybody just sort of came into this by chance or by luck. We're just from Adam and I saying, who do we like from <laughs> other bands? <laughs> it's good at music and also we can put up with for three months at a time. Well, it's like really a dream for me to have an uh, actual permanent cast of players. Because like, I've been doing this for like six years and um, it was always just like a slap dash. You know, some singer-songwriter friend that I had who played guitar, I'd say, hey, like, borrow my bass, come with us for the summer. And, and everyone who's in the band right now is like the best that has ever been in that role. And then the chemistry too, just like, we all hang out for fun. It's so, it's the dream for me. It's great. Kentucky snow, and my bones are fairly shaking. The winter and it's waking on the land I'm cultivating. And I watch a detonation of crows out of the dogwood where the leaves are put attempting. Which hazel is empty, just like everything is dead exempting me out in the cold. Oh, 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 oh,
So now we got the background, all the band members, and we got to talk about the music. Most musicians I speak with, they mention the artists that have influenced them. But I get the impression that music influences aren't really all that important to Joshua Powell and the Great Train Robbery. Because most of your song references come from literature, like your latest release, Alyosha, which references a character from Dostoevsky's The Brothers Karazimov. So we got to have the truth. Do you admit to being a book geek? Oh, yeah, dude. Big time. Oh, big time. Yeah. Uh, I have shelves on shelves of things at home. Uh, I'm always in a couple at a time. But, I mean, that's where, uh, for me, like, artistic output has always been really tied to intellectual growth. And I feel like the more I learn, the more I'm able to manipulate my materials. And um, my mom's an English teacher. I started reading when I was young. Uh, and I've always just been attracted to literature rather than pulpy stuff or modern novels because uh if it's stuck around for that long i'd like to know why i'd like to be able to talk about it with folks and then synthesize the elements they're from that uh struck me in a particular light and then see what i can you know repurpose them into i'd like to hear your opinion then is there a relationship between music and literature could songwriting lyrics be compared to writing a great novel well, I mean, that's been proven, I think, now sociologically with uh, Dylan winning that prize for literature. Um, Even yeah. if he didn't think so. Right, right. It was contentious. Kendrick, Kendrick yeah, yeah, just got one, too. Fantastic. Somebody is praying for him after all. <laughs> uh, I know that I personally, uh, it's super ambitious and I don't claim to have done it yet, but I'm aiming for literature with my music. The reason we call literature literature is because it's timeless, because it's universal. And so I think that the spirit behind that applies to any great music we just don't call it literature i'm trying to become immortal basically (laughs) (laughs) but music can become dated oh it certainly can become dated but other music doesn't get dated you you listen on the beach today and you know every band is still trying to copy that i've been on this huge classical kick recently and it's like that stuff doesn't stop being potent at all super transcendent it's like what is it about that that makes it transcendent how can i harness that energy and put it in my own work you know strung along careless fires in the vertebrae offensive loft of a ruined choir counterpoint of vague assembly
of famous writers are found on some of the song titles of Joshua Powell and the Great Train Robbery, like the song Ernest Hemingway, who's <laughs> an author who actually probably sits near the bottom of my favorite authors. <laughs> anyway, back in the day, I did appreciate what Jack Kerouac created. So give a listen to find out why his poetry inspired the song named after him. Well, it also looks like your reading is pretty diverse. One of your songs is about Jack Kerouac, the quote-unquote beat poet. Mm-hmm. He's played an influence on you also. Oh, yeah. Uh, certainly on my younger self. I identified really deeply with him when I was a uh, drunk, depressed road maniac. <laughs> Just as he was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was very that was very inspiring to me and romantic when I was younger. And, you know, I was just floundering. I don't know. Uh, Jack Kerouac... I, I sort of feel like intellectually, literarily, Crowan passed what he had to offer, but it hit me uh, at a really poignant part of my life. And I think that even though you could say a lot about his misogyny or you could say a lot about the fact that his spontaneous prose doesn't really hold up to the light, you know, after... But you can't not feel him when you read the Dharma bombs. Like, he has feeling language. He can write a story that, that you get invested in. I'm just like anyone 
one dancing like a brave, laughing at the grave. I'm just like any other man, ready for the big dirt nap. I'm just like anyone, sipping on the saints, fielding your complaints. I'm just like any other man. That I know my way
ground I'm just like any other man Wandering the world, my lord The music of Joshua Powell and the Great Train Robbery isn't really very easy to define. At its base, I'd say it's storytelling folk, but it's also indie rock. Then you'd also mentioned earlier about bringing in the touches of psychedelic. It's like you're spanning decades in your music, but I think you've already answered this earlier. Should music be timeless? Absolutely, yeah. And, and I think a, a lot of what we're finding with music that's being produced nowadays is it's a lot of kind of making like an amalgamation of, of different influences, whether it's like bringing, oh, this is like a touch of like Bruce Springsteen with some other elements and kind of creating this Frankenstein. And then once those all those parts are together, it creates something new. Yeah, I think especially with a lot of the newer songs, it's more of just using things that are evocative and bring about a certain feeling or vibe, kind of regardless of as far as how they're classified. My kind of perspective on the music is it's always been very like, we take a folk song and then like expand it as many times as possible and kind of make it become bigger than the fact that it's a folk song. It always feels like it has that kernel and that it was like birthed out of a folk tradition, but it's more expansive than that, I guess. It's kind of how I've always perceived it. Then here's the typical question. Is music ever truly original versus being derivative? I mean, everything is borrowed from somewhere. There are different ways to apply ideas. This time around with the new album we're putting out and later this year, there are some new elements to us, but we definitely didn't invent anything it's new sounds within our music and we're applying things in a way that we definitely haven't thought of before yeah um so it's original to us for sure but we all do have our influences you know it's a great Mm -hmm. point because like some of the stuff it becomes original because you've applied the uniquity of your individual self but it's you know rarely ever does something come along like the first blues artist or sure. like you can everybody go, has lineages too I mean, yeah we can tr- with with any human product i think you can trace back lineages and influences right you know i think you get originality too though when you like meld and combine different elements of right. music and genres we were talking about sturgill simpson on our drive over and yeah he has combined certain unoriginal elements to make something very original it's almost like gestalt like once you add all those parts together that whole becomes something bigger than just those parts and that is I think where originality can be spawned. Alyosha also includes an interesting track, Gunfighter Ballad of the 21st Century. So here's a thought. Are there differences between gunfights in social media compared to the old days of Western movies? Yeah, there's a difference, right? <laughs> and one people get, get a bullet. Um, that song, though, is just using the framework of the old West. It uses that like narrative structure, but it's it's a song about drone warfare. I don't know. I don't think I understand the question. I guess it's how people are attacked in the type of fights that evolve. A modern day at a distance as drone oh, warfare sure. yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. We're saying like you have the the wall of anonymity to hide behind. Right, right. Which is the same as drone warfare. Yeah. That's so that's sort really of why I was bringing good, this in. Good parallel that I did not draw initially. Now I understand it a little better. I think. I just think you came up with a good analogy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't have anything to add. This is Joshua. Josh. This is Adam. I'm Ricky. This is Colin. We're Joshua Powell and the Great Train Robbery, and you've got the antidote.
Fighter Ballad for the 21st Century from Joshua Powell and the Great Train Robbery. Next up, the band gives the story of their unique view of a famous Old Testament story on the song Birth Control. You're talking about a new project mm-hmm. coming out later this year? Uh, that's the the goal. It's uh, a winter release for 2018. Yeah, a new LP called Psychotrop. Your latest release has evolved quite a bit from what you were doing previously. Oh, huge. How big a yeah. step is the next one going to be? It's about... Mm, I okay, think it's a yeah. much bigger step. It's probably, it's probably t- twice the step from yeah. Man is Born to Alyosha. There are two or three touch points on the record where I made a purposeful decision to say, throw something in here familiar like an acoustic right. guitar or something for the people who have been following us to be like, is this even the same band? Which is probably me projecting so much more. It's pretty out there. It's pretty out there. You were purposefully intending it to be that way. Oh, hugely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I stopped worrying about um, what, like, folk music was allowed to be or what rock music was supposed to be. And because I've always, you know, we want to buy into narratives. And 
um, I've always tried to type our band because I always have to be the one talking about it. And so, what kind of music is it? Well, it's psychedelic indie rock, or you know. Um, and everybody says what? <laughs> stoner jams for English majors. You know, it's just yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, art rock for your mind. Uh, those are some that I've come up with. Um, but at the end of the day, those labels are only good for marketing. And so this record was a very big, just like, I don't care what anything's supposed to sound like. Like, this is what I wanted to hear. This is the Joshua Powell song. Then do you ever worry about what your fans think? All the time, dude. I don't know if anyone is <laughs> going to be... I... We wouldn't have made the music if we didn't think it was good. And so we know that there's somebody that's going to get into it. I don't know if it's going to be the same people. But, uh, you know... I don't like every Neil Young record. I don't like every Sufjan record. But those artists, I think, prove their salt to us at some point. And so most of us are willing to stick with them along the artistic journey and see each record that they make as a time capsule, which, you know, I don't know what our next record's going to sound like, but this is what I sound like right now. Well, let's take it back a little bit. Let's talk about the song Birth Control. That's a brilliant retelling of the story of Abraham and Isaac. I love the line here. It says, you judge the dead and quick. But that was awful and sick to flicker like a candle. I am not a man that gambles. What if no ram came? I got that ram tattooed on my leg here. Ooh, that was a good tattoo. Then how do you deal with the parts of your faith that are a struggle? It's interesting. My dad, last week, he finished this book called Tactics, which is like a systematic apologetic. And he said, hey, I just finished this. I really liked it. Uh, Would you be interested in it? And I said, no, thanks. <laughs> and he was taken aback. Like, I think he was uh, minutely bummed at first. And But I said, here's the deal, Dad. Like, I grew up with like a stringently Christian education. Um, my parents are people of faith, ministers, second, third generation ministers. Um, I went to Christian schools for my entire life. So I've been in, you know, every Bible study, small group, cell group, you know, apologetics, exegesis, biblical worldview classes that the world had to offer. Um, and so if there was an element of Christianity that someone would want to take issue in a conversation with or question me about, I feel like I can usually have, I know what I believe about that, and here's my answer. Uh, I'm trying more so to do that less these days and say, I know what I believe about that, but what do you believe? Let me hear from you, and I'll try to learn. But, well, the rabbinical way. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, but then the other thing is, I said, if there's a question that somebody has where it's like, how could a loving God let evil happen? Or like, why would God like lead Abraham on up into that point with the ram? I could be like, I don't know either. It's weird. It's hard stuff. I don't have all the answers. I don't know. And I'm very comfortable saying that with anybody. And and instead of saying, no, I need to have a systematic defense, I don't feel the need to defend religion and I don't feel the need to defend Christ. Like I think Christ stands on his own and not a lot of people can take issue with uh, just that dude's style. Oh, yeah. 
issues with trust Might as well avoid the hellfire I can control I've told myself I've also been enjoying this song, Cave of Clouds, from Alyosha. That's where your poetic style really comes out. From the lip of the cave of clouds, casting mountains in the sea to watch the ripple moon, we disregard the sinking sounds, any more pretty little creatures that we are, 
And it also shares the line, it's not all bad to be alone. Back to technology, everybody's so connected by it. How do you distance yourself enough to actually be alone? Oh, dude, being alone is my forte. Uh, uh, <laughs> I thought you had friends. I, I have great friends and uh, live with several of them. But uh, yeah, this job, being out in a band and, and touring and everything is the most socially taxing thing in the entire world, especially because this is an industry based on kindness and connections and sincerity. So take a person, any person, even if you were socially geared outward, say, okay, well, you have to go out and you have to be nice to everybody all the time, but you also have to mean it. You know, <laughs> it's just like, yeah. because, you know, at the end of the day in, in the music industry, you're going to work with the people that you want to hang out with. And we want to be the type of people that you want to hang out with. Um, but I require time by myself to recharge. And I wrote that song when I was coming off of a year and a half of permanent touring where I didn't have an address. I was just couch surfing mm. with like no end date. And I was loving it so much seeing the country and making all these friends and having all these really deep and rich experiences. But I was running myself into the ground and I didn't realize it because I didn't know myself well. And my mental health was at an all-time low and my physical health was at an all-time low. And I just petered out, man. I was alone in an apartment and I had those lines that came to me because it was great. <laughs> it was great to be by myself and be quiet. And now I'm usually by myself and quiet with my small cat who isn't quiet, but she doesn't count as social. I, you know, she gets me. We don't have to talk. This far north, air is nigh. Without a set of teeth for cutting through your clothes. The spirits of the lusher trees are settling Canvassing and cliffs, they're at the cabin
beautiful song, Cave of Clouds from Joshua Powell and the Great Train Robbery. Maybe being alone works for Joshua, but I couldn't do that. I guess I'm just too much of a social person. But I do see where he's coming from, you know, where too much conversation and too many people could just be overwhelming. Well, it's clear that I'm fast running out of time, so let me give you the plan for next week. It'll be a busy one as two bands come for a visit on The Antidote. Now, many of the artists who come on this program have sort of a veiled view of their faith. That's certainly not the case with these artists. The new punk band The Upside and rock and metal masters Faith had come for a talk about why Christ is dominant in their lives and their music. Now, I'm certainly not a perfect person, and I think maybe my hearing is going, because I really messed up with the question I asked Joshua Powell and the Great Train Robbery about the song Deep Water Believers. Now enjoy this, and I'll see you again next week. So I've been talking mostly about the music from Alyosha, your third album. The second release from Joshua Powell and the Great Train Robbery, you bring in a song with a line about a straight dog in a crooked creek. Oh, it's actually Stray Dog. Stray Dog. Yeah, there's been a lot of people that have asked me about that, and I just didn't used to enunciate very well. Then that's going to oh, just totally where's defunct that. that. Where's that question going, dude? <laughs> okay, well, it's going to go about a straight dog in a crooked creek. And I said, would you ever say that the music of Joshua Powell is the opposite? That your music is actually a crooked dog in a straight creek? Because you don't, <laughs> because you don't fit the typical mold. I, I like, I like that. <laughs> can you that's change the song the new, lyrics to suit what kind of band are you guys we're a crooked dog in a straight creek <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get everybody wondering they're going to go home and stay up all night hopefully you know they'll pour through the lyrics and look for you know easter eggs and try to figure out dog references yeah yeah yeah. oh i think there is a there, there is are, a new dog reference on the new record yeah oh dude i just realized there's dogs on all my albums because there's that one, and then there's that's from Man's Born, right? And then there's the Black Dogs in the Field of, on Indiana, off mm-hmm. Alyosha. And then Bright Deceiver from the new record, All the Dogs Die. <laughs> <laughs> no more, no more dogs. And then we raise new ones. That's part of the story, too. But it, yeah, all, all the dogs die in that record. Have your cat and you talked about this? Oh, uh, she <laughs> she's all over the demos for the record. I mean, she's she's been sitting there watching me write the whole thing. Easy one for you, okay. and hard at the same time. Great. So I've often asked this of artists who come on the antidote: Is there a song from Joshua Powell in the Great Train Robbery that sums up your music? Yeah, Gunfighter is one that like incorporates a lot of the stuff that it's got the folk trappings from before, but then it also has the psychedelic stuff, and it's a narrative, and it's right. Um, but I mean, it doesn't type the new stuff at all either. The new stuff for me almost seems like a psychedelic orchestration. It's like uh, a, no the, the um, new album psychedelic orchestration yeah in the sense of uh, you can't just pin down stylistically like one song off yeah, the album yeah it's it's all it's almost really, yeah, a piece cool. of a larger manifestation. The antidote's been speaking with Joshua Powell and the Great Train Robbery, which is all of the guys here. 
Guys, thanks for coming. Thanks for having us, man. Good yeah, to be here. Yeah, it's been a good time. Yeah, thank you very much, Dave. I appreciate your hospitality. Shock of a cardinal Contrast in snow Deep in the wood grain Straight dog in a crooked creek